It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Today, Josh and I are going to be talking about a few of our favorite ways to train grip strength. And some of the reasons why are because it seems to be getting a little more traction in the literature over the last few years. And it turns out that it might actually be a quote unquote vital sign because it seems that uh, there is a strong association between someone's grip strength and all cause mortality. Some studies actually suggest it might be an even better metric than just looking at their systolic blood pressure, or even their overall physical activity, which is very interesting and intriguing to me. Um, we sort of know that the, the grip strength, is, along with gait speed and overall muscle mass, seem to also be the, the fountains of youth um, in order to allow a person to live a better, more independent, longer life as far as that goes. So anyways, just wanted to play it up a little bit before we start talking about it. So Josh, uh, grip strength. What are some of my favorite ways to train that? Yeah, man. Number one for me is I love carries. I love carries in, in pretty much every program for every person. Uh, obviously, there there's never anything that's a 100% all the time for everyone. But rarely do I find somebody where I'm not going to try to do some type of carry. And oftentimes, it is a carry that involves uh, you know challenging the grip. So something like a farmer's carry or a suitcase carry or something, you know, plate pinch, something where they're holding a weight down by their side. And they're having to, you know, to... You know, hold on tight as they're walking with it, or even if they're not necessarily walking, just doing holds in that position. So farmers holds or other things like that were really challenging, uh, you know, the body in a lot of ways. Of course, we use that, uh, you know, in different ways to challenge, uh, you know, somebody's trunk strength, stability in different planes. But, you know, honestly, for me, I'd love to do it to, to build up the grip. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of my number of ways to do it too. And if you're going to do carries, I think it's also a good idea to try to get a variety of different objects, different widths and that sort of thing. So you talked about the plate pinch, which is literally just taking two uh, steel plates. What do you usually use? Five pounds, 10 pounds for that? Oh yeah. It, it, you don't need a lot, a lot of times when you do that. If it truly is a you know nice flat surface, take a couple tens, put them together. It's only 20 pounds, but you'll find that to be really, really challenging. Yeah. So there's that, uh, the spider grip, holding a, a dumbbell vertically, grabbing mm-hmm. the fat end of it towel carries right so using the towels actual handles or actually creating fat grips and wrapping them around the handles of the kettlebells you got bottoms up carries one of the things i've been playing around a lot with lately is taking the sandbag and just having patients grip the canvas and not actually use the handles and that seems to be a really good challenge for them as well too Uh, if you got access to it thick barbells Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just whatever you can find it really doesn't have to be a standard piece of strength equipment you sort of make it up as you go along and make it functional for the person in front of you yeah, no, I love that you you mentioned a couple of different ways to make those carriers a little more challenging. Um, 
including using, you know, fat grips or towels or that kind of thing. I do the same thing with a lot of my, uh, like pull-up work with people. So, um, another way to further challenge grip in, in, in more of a manner that's, I guess, considered more functional with my population there, they're doing a lot of pull-ups is I'll have them do towel pull-ups. I'll have them do rope pull-ups. I'll have them do fat grip pull-ups. So, or things like that where I'm, I'm stressing the grip a little bit more, um, because we, we can see a lot of carryover between that and grip strength as it moves into more of those like dynamic kipping movements later on. Yeah, and that's so important too because it, we started the conversation talking about carries, but it goes well beyond that because we know that there is also a, a correlation between grip strength and rotator cuff activation as well too. So most of your PTs listen to this. I mean, you're, you're seeing shoulders and knees all day long, I'm sure. So uh, don't forget about training that grip strength. So even just having someone hang from the pull-up bar. We talked about that in one of our fitness assessment episodes. We like to ensure that our patients can actually just do a, do a hang for 30 seconds. Uh, that is a really nice basic way to get an appraisal of someone's grip strength. You got them picking up things from the floor, deadlifts, barbell, deadlifts, trap bar, kettlebells, whatever. That's another way to get it done too. And you incorporate more than just the, the hand and tricks that's in the forearms and, and things like that. Yeah, and I think you can, you know, grade these things as well. So obviously with carries, you're just going to use a lighter lighter weight and kind of build that up in terms of duration of time with that specific rate, weight or increasing the loading across as you're, as you're trying to progress it. But you can even do that with some of those different, um, you know, hanging type of variations, uh, setting somebody up. Uh, where they have a box or something underneath it where they can provide a little bit of assistance and, and to provide the right challenge or the right stimulus for that person. So if somebody's a little bit newer to it or, or um, they're just, you know, getting used to being back on a barbell fall or, or pull-up bar following an injury or maybe they're a little heavier and a, a straight hang is not going to be possible yet. Well, it's having some kind of uh, assistance, like a box underneath there, like a toe assist to, to unload the movement just slightly, you can still challenge the grip in that way in some way that's appropriate for that person in a different position other than just carrying something by your sides. What about the gimmicks out there? Are you seeing oh, like yeah. the, the $50 rubber bands that go in your hands and train finger extensions? You think that stuff's necessary? Do you think it actually gets it done? Yeah, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't have a ton of experience doing that myself or giving that to, to different individuals. So it's hard for me to make a, a true appraisal. I think that I would probably stick with some of the more classic things. So we mentioned carries, we mentioned hanging. Um, I mean, I love to actually train um, kind of forms moving in each plane, whether that be working some wrist curls in each direction, working pronation, supination with something like a hammer or a club or something where the loading is a little bit away from the hand to challenge it um, in a few different ways. Um, even, you know, even working, you know, radial ulnar deviation a little bit. Um, I, I think you can challenge it in a few different ways. I mean, heck, you can get the, the old school rice bucket out get the hand in the rice bucket and go, um, I, I know that those are some tried and true ways. So for me, I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to some banded finger extension anytime soon. Yeah, and there might be a time and a place for that if you got mm -hmm. somebody who's coming off of a hand surgery or something like that too. But we always go back to this. We, we got to remember our basic exercise science principles. We know that people have to train under a certain amount of load at a certain amount of intensity to actually get it done. So I think common sense will probably prevail with this and just keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we have to get crazy with our grip strength. I think if you're picking up something heavy and you're holding it, um, whether that be through like a deadlift variation or some type of, uh, of lifting where you're holding on to it, um, or whether even, you know, you know higher volumes of, of things like kettlebell swings or dumbbell work where your, your grip is kind of under sustained tension throughout. Um, and then, you know, doing things like, you know, hanging, hanging variations or attacking it directly through, you know, some type of curl variation, or, you know, we've all seen the wrist roller. I know when in my baseball days, we did the wrist roller all the time. Um, I mean, we had a bat speed program that was basically a forearm strength program. If I remember two things from my high school baseball coach, 
triceps make the biceps look bigger and forearms are where the home runs come from. So what did we do in the gym? We did a ton of tries and we had a ton of forearms work, forearm work. And it did directly correlate. Um, you know, I felt like it, it definitely helped um, with me being able to generate some more bat speed there. So I don't think it has to be complicated. Yeah, I'm picturing Mark McGuire's forearms in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's seriously, man, that's why baseball players have huge forearms. They've got to be able to generate force through, you know, through an implement and be able to hang on tight as they're, you know, trying to hit uh, a, you know, a ball coming at them pretty quickly. So uh, I think sometimes we try to get too fancy with it, you know, pick up something heavy and and hold it there for a long period of time. <laughs> Is that the only reason why baseball players have big forearms? Oh, I'm man, sure and, and we're back into the PED conversation. My favorite, my favorite hobby. Talk about oh, baseball. man, you know what, though, uh, you know, Baseball was in a rough spot in the late 90s, man, in that home run chase, McGuire, Sosa, all that. That may have may have saved baseball a little bit. And and who doesn't love to watch somebody throwing the ball 100 miles an hour and somebody else hitting it 500 feet? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've seen a full baseball game since those days, man. So another, another thing I want to touch on, too, is what what's your opinion on using tools to assist with grip, like wrist straps, for someone who's having difficulty with their deadlifts or – Maybe they're limitless. Maybe they're snatches. Oh man, that's a great question. I think it it's very much an it depends. Um, I am not one of those people who thinks like if you know from like a maximal deadlift standpoint that for most people, especially general population, we need to use wrist straps to be able to load it any further. For me, it's like if you can't hold on to it, you got to ask the question: Should I probably be trying to lift this? But um, you know, I know when we're talking about strength sports and like powerlifting, and we're getting into like those highest levels there, then maybe there's a time and place for it. For most of my general um, general fitness athletes, my CrossFitters, I'm not using you know straps to assist with the grip for something more like a deadlift. Now, when it comes to uh, you know higher volumes of Olympic lifting work, somebody who's doing a bunch of snatch work, a bunch of clean work, um, and maybe their hands are getting a little beat up because they're also doing you know pull up variations, things like that, I will have them wear straps to kind of save their hands a little bit. Um, you know, but again, you know, in a sport like CrossFit where uh, touch and go reps and things like that, that there's a, such a high demand on, you know, grip strength and being able to hang on to the bar and to be confident, hang on the bar so that way you can still hit good positions throughout the lift. I'm not necessarily training with straps a ton, but I will say if you're, if your hands are getting beat up and we're trying to save our hands a little bit to be able to train more volume somewhere else, then I might use more like Olympic lifting type straps uh, in that scenario. But in general, I'm not really advocating using a ton of straps uh, to help you lift more weight. So it sounds like in some cases it might be a good strategy, but we don't want to become dependent on them just right. like any other type of external device. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me too, it's, it's one of those things like I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what's the limiter for that individual. If they're, if they're not, if their grip is a limiter of being able to, to deadlift a, a more weight for me, it's not as important in my mind to give them straps to allow them to continue to deadlift more weight when in something like a competition, I mean, they're, they're going to have to hold the weight, you know, they're going to have to pick it up, um, you know, without using any extra implement. So for me, it's more about how do I bring up their limiter? So um, I'm more in line to, to, in, you know, increase the volume of, of grip work or, or vary their grip work a little bit more rather than say, okay, well, we know your grip is your limiter, but we're just going to try to bypass that so you can keep lifting more weight from a deadlift standpoint. So again, there might be scenarios or cases where that's what I'll do, but uh, in general, for me, you know, I'm only using it in very specific situations, primarily to, to save the hands when I need to. Love it. So for all you PTs out there listening, uh, time to bust out the dynamometers this week, especially <laughs> especially for your geriatric patients, your shoulder patients. I mean, really, everybody, we use it for a ton of people. I mean, I was thinking of even today, I was trying to uh, roll out some peripheral neuropathic pain and, you know, we'll check grip strength with the arm at the side of it at 90, have them abducted, check it again, and then have them side bend their neck away and see how that changes. And that's a really nice way to kind of 
you know, diagnose if it's coming from a nerve issue, that kind of thing. Yeah, man, I always, uh, the, a line that stuck with me from my very first rotation at Vertex now, a couple of years ago now, man, it seems like it was, it, it was only yesterday. Um, you know, you told me the fountain of youth was grip strength, muscle mass, and gait speed, those three things. And um, I've always tried to keep that in mind, especially as I'm working with um, either patients or clients of mine that are maybe a little bit older and training for more longevity. Um, as, you know, and in school, we do get a lot on gait speed. That's something Dr. Fritz is, uh, um, our director, Dr. Stacey Fritz, talks about a lot is, is gait speed as like another vital sign. But grip strength with the literature that's coming out now seems to be in that same boat so we can retain some muscle mass we can stay strong and be able to pick things up and hold them and we can walk at a decent clip i think we're doing okay yeah absolutely and, and i know that there are some you just see it in the workers comp world but there are some payers out there who want you to i don't know treat your patient almost like frankenstein right they come in with a shoulder diagnosis you can only treat the shoulder but i think using the literature to your advantage to actually treat the whole person that gives you plenty of justification to be able to get a person strong and how that can actually improve their shoulder directly indirectly too yeah man so uh, again keep it simple uh, if you're looking to improve your grip strength or you're working on patients give them something to hold you know just start with just a hold and they don't have to walk with it just something holding in their hands and at their side progress to some carries you know obviously we you know how we feel about deadlifts and, and other strength movements like that so make sure you're including those um, and then maybe find some hanging variations if the person can tolerate hanging i think that's a great way an underrated way to work grip uh, and and then i really think variance is key with the grip i think uh it the uh, upper your upper extremities in general um, upper body training I tend to you know use a lot more variance than I do in my lower body training I think upper body responds a little bit more to some higher volumes and some uh, you know and some more variance so grip worth vary it you know a couple times a week vary it get it in there extra work it's definitely not gonna hurt anything all right well we appreciate you all tuning in and we'll catch y'all next week And one last thing, if you liked the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram, at BetterFasterPodcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows, at VertexPT and at VertexStrength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week, and we'll be back next Monday. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.